don't get discouraged if you're like interrupted because it'll happen. Like it'll happen at school and it'll happen in the workplace. We're again in a male dominated field. And like, I mean, hopefully one day it'll change, but at the moment it's still kind of inevitable. Happy November and happy election day to all my bold ambition listeners. How are you? I'm barely hanging by a thread, but I'm also great. This is a very stressful time that may cause anxiety and worries, so I hope you all practice lots of self-care first and foremost before we get into this podcast episode. I just want to say that this can look like a lot of things like logging off, taking a phone-free walk, making your favorite dinner, or having it delivered, which I will probably be doing with a glass of wine. And of course, checking in with someone that you love and making sure that they're okay, that you're okay, and taking that time for yourself. Because I know this week will be, let's just say, making history, to say the least. (laughs) Now, I realize I haven't been sharing any bold moves recently. Honestly, It's because I think I make monthly bold moves versus weekly ones. I have a really hard time looking back at the seven days and saying, ooh, what bold thing did I do? I feel like it's much easier for me to look at it as a monthly thing. So I think that's what I'm going to start doing. Because October just ended, it's now the first week of November, election day, lol. It's time to share some October bold moves, and I feel like I haven't really caught up with you. I'm going to make this as short and sweet as possible. That way we can get into our guest right away. This first one is a little bit more personal that I don't think I'm going to get too into, but my first bold move of the month was setting boundaries or simply cutting off toxic friends. That's an oxymoron because friends should not be toxic. Friends should have a respect for you. Friends should be good listeners, ask you how you're doing. Make sure that you're being loved and treated the way you want to be treated. And I just felt like I wasn't, that none of those boxes were checking for a specific friend of mine. And this specific friend I've known for a really long time And it was really hard for me to set that boundary because we have such a beautiful childhood friendship that I always love to remember and laugh about and, you know, cherish. But it just wasn't the case anymore. We've grown up, moved on, and that's that on that. Because of this specific friend situation, I also reflected a lot on the type of friend that I am. And I'm recognizing that I want to be better and kinder. I've always thought of myself as a good friend to people that I really love. I I personally think I'm thoughtful and kind and always go out of my way to be there for my friends. But I'm also not the perfect friend. And this situation has shown me how I can be more present, how I can be better, kinder, and just an overall good person. So those two are the boldest moves that I'll probably have of the year, because if you knew the details, some of you might know the details, actually, then you'll understand where I'm coming from. But the third bold move is taking breaks. I'm the type of person that's either all in or not at all. So for the longest time, I'd feel guilty 
for taking breaks. This looks like not working out or not eating perfect or maybe taking a day off. And instead of lifting weights at the gym, I go on a walk and I would see that as a failure. And I realized that that's just not the way that I want to live. I don't want to be all in or none at all when it comes to my health specifically, and that it's okay to let go. It's okay to take days off. It's okay to recognize that some days are better than others. And that's the thing. I used to see that as like a bad day is a failure. Another monthly bold move was meeting my mentor, Amy, through the Texas X's Young Alumni Program. And boy, like she really dissected my whole life and we made a plan together about how we're going to better my life and make it more organized, successful, and just prioritize my goals and actions that I'm taking towards those goals a little bit better. Um, This was done in specifically three areas, my finances, my professional career, and my content creation. So Let me just give you a little background on each of these because finances, I knew nothing and slowly, I mean, I still know nothing. Like, let's just be real. I know enough to make informed decisions of where I'm spending my money, but I'm in the bad habit of consuming too much, whether it's eating out a lot or doing monthly Sephora purchases or buying a lot of clothes that I don't need, or making impulse purchases, spending a lot on skincare, manicures, pedicures, all the aesthetics that I also don't need. So that doesn't mean that I'm not putting away money and I'm not investing it, but I think that I could be doing a better job and I could be challenging myself a lot more by investing and saving more money than I currently am. And not spending all of it on all of these, you know, like I just said, these impulse purchases. So Amy had me document every single one of my, I mean, I already do this. I already know what I spend everything on. I've been doing, I've been budgeting pretty seriously since the beginning of this year, but we took a look at those expenses and we saw where we could cut down. And that's where I, that's what I just told you, like mostly in aesthetics, mostly in the personal shopping and just reducing the times I eat out and the times I get happy hour. So that's what that looks like. Second was in my professional career. And this one's a little bit more, this one's still in the works because I am a recent grad. I'm employed. I have an entry level salary, but I want to know, and I'm working towards getting promoted. I'm working towards getting a raise. I'm working towards maybe working at my dream company. And that is specifically around social media, influencer marketing, and content creation. So we're just kind of carving out ways how I can get there quicker with a plan. And this ties into my content creation side project, hustle, passion, whatever you want to call it. Because like I've said before, and like I will continue saying for the rest of my life, I am a digital content creator. And that is at the core of what I love. I love this. That's why I created this podcast. That's why I love staying on brand with my Instagram. I love creating a cute story. You know, reels and TikToks scare me. But Amy and I, (laughs) we're making a plan to to have a more efficient and better content calendar for myself, for my own personal brand. Now, let me say, I do this because I love it. 
I do this because it ties in with my professional career because I do work in social media and PR and I do this because it's fun like if this isn't something that you're interested in don't do it like skip ahead like you don't have to listen to this but I'm just gonna say like I love it I love taking a pretty photo I love editing I love writing a cute caption an insightful caption or challenging myself with short form video like I haven't done so far everyone's on TikTok everyone's on reels but I'm trying to find a way to break down that fear of mine because I'm so comfortable with photo and I'm so comfortable with Instagram stories, but reels and short form video is where it's going. And I think I need to be there as well. So again, Amy is challenging me. She's been great. She's really been helping me get my life together and just make more informed decisions, create a plan and be a better time manager. So thank you, Amy. You are a part of this month's bold move and you will be a part of all of them because I never want to let go of this perfect mentor of mine. And the last bold move of October is getting in touch with old friends. And when I say old friends, I mean the friends that you kind of just drifted away from, not for any negative reason, not because they were toxic, but because, you know, life gets in the way. I have this one specific friend that I hadn't talked to since sophomore year of college and she reached out, you know, saying happy birthday. She said, let's get dinner. And I was like, dude, yes, like I missed you. I miss whenever we would hang out in my apartment and college dorm and get drunk. I miss our the good times we shared. So let's fucking do it. Like, I think we need to get over the fear of just being straight up with people. And I really appreciate the fact that that old friend, you know, she was thinking about me. She said she misses me. Let's get dinner. And I was like, fuck yeah. And we had the best time. We truly had the best time. I was reminded of how cool she is. She's also grown so much. Like we've both grown and I haven't seen her in like two plus years. So it was a great catch up. And I encourage everyone to go and check up on an old friend and see how they're doing. Get some coffee. Like shit, life's too short to just like not engage with people, especially if you like really had really good times with them and maybe you just fell apart. Life is too short to not reach out and not check in with people. That's going to be my challenge for you all to reach out to an old friend. Maybe it's just a FaceTime call that you do. Maybe it's a cup of coffee. Maybe it's planning something for next year. (laughs) But, you know, just reach out. Getting in touch and, you know, checking in with people is never a bad idea, I personally think. So right before we get into our guests, let me just say, I recently posted some polls on the Instagram, the Instagram, (laughs) the Instagram stories, and I received lots of great feedback, including what guests they wanted to hear from, what topics they wanted to hear about, whether solo episodes are a good idea, how my music for my podcast is is doing. So I'm really thankful to everyone who answered those polls. And one of them was specifically interesting to me because someone recommended that I say that I start including like a what I'm currently loving part of the podcast. And let me just say I fucking love it. I love watching like my favorites of the month on YouTube. I love when people just like rage about their favorite products or like favorites in general. It could be a fucking blanket that you have or a drink that you've been loving. And this, my drink this month has been hot cocoa or hot chocolate or chocolate caliente, whatever you want to say. Hot cocoa is on that list. I've been having a cup like every other day to wind down and just like unplug and go from work mode to like chill mode. And it's been really good. Let me just say I add little 
mini marshmallows and I don't eat them I just add them because they're cute and they add to the, the hot cocoa so you know do what you want another what I'm currently loving is my lash lift now I used to be a an eyelash extensions girl they were getting a little too high maintenance for me like I was not looking forward to those appointments every two to three weeks and it was getting pricey and I was just tired of not being able to use eye makeup remover like I wouldn't use eyeshadows anymore because I couldn't take it off at night because of the eye makeup remover because then my eyelashes all fall out so I opted in for an, a lash lift now that's the last time I'm going to get one because you know finances but I still recommend it to all you ladies who want to you know maybe you have a trip or a birthday coming up and you want to make your eyes a little different and you want to make sure that mascara is always looking good it just frames your face a little bit differently and it's a nice little change plus they're much lower maintenance. I believe the place I went to, they recommend going every eight weeks. So third thing, nude colored nails. My nude nails have just been like the move lately. Um, again, I'm not getting any more panicures or pedicures, but I will be investing in some home nail polishes and just painting them in my bathroom, which is much less glam than a manicure or pedicure. But hey, gotta do what you gotta do and I but I just love nude nails because you can't tell when they're chipped like they kind of just blend in with with you like I don't know that's for me because I have darker skin so I recommend them to anyone like a beige or a neutral tone is just the move and lastly planning ahead has been what I'm currently loving because like I said I'm planning my finances my career my content creation side hustles I'm also planning this podcast like I have guests lined up through the end of December like the last day of December and that's like really good like I'm really proud of myself I'm gonna give myself like a pat on the back it's just a weight off my shoulders I don't have to think about who I'm going to have I don't have to reach out last minute and be like hectic and try to plan a good time to interview everything's just done with really good time I recommend it I recommend it especially now that we're closing out the year just close it out well like I know this year has been shit for a lot of people including myself but planning ahead is never a bad idea. I mean, as long as you're always still living in the present, but your future self will thank you if you plan ahead. And I'm just going to challenge you again to consider planning ahead for these next two months just to close out the year right. Now that that's been said and done, this was a longer introduction than I thought. I would just love to introduce our guest this week. Her name is Andrea de Anda. She is an entrepreneur, an engineer, and a grad student. She's an all-around badass. I've known her since third grade of elementary school. I haven't caught up with her in years until we sat down and recorded this podcast episode. So it's a really raw like catch-up episode with her about how she created a business, how she is doing grad school at home, and just f fighting the gender inequalities in STEM. So great episode great listen great girl and with that all being said let's just jump right into it so my name is Andrea de Anda I am 23 years old and from Laredo Texas I graduated from UT Austin as a civil engineer and I am currently doing my master's in structural engineering currently online at home <laughs> It's almost going to feel like we're catching up, too, because, like, we're yeah, childhood definitely. friends. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. As I've mentioned, 
we have been friends since elementary school back in Laredo. Um, we both went to Colonel Santos Benavides Elementary School. And I think we were on the same basketball team. So I feel like I've, I've really, like I really have a big, like a, a history with you um, from my childhood. But we both kind of went our separate ways. I want to hear about what happened after I went to Round Rock. I moved to Round Rock after elementary school. And then you moved to a different private school. Like, what did I miss in, from then to high school to UT? So, like you mentioned, we played basketball together. I really didn't do much in the team. I was just, like, <laughs> the tall one, like you. We just stood there waiting for rebounds. Um, but yeah, after that, in sixth grade, I moved to St. Augustine, which is a Catholic private school, and it was a big change. Being in Colonel Santos, we were, I think, like about 100 per grade, and you kind of still knew everyone, and you had activities with people. I was in the dance team and, like, basketball, so after that, I moved to St. Og, which is, like, my grade was 40 people in total. And I was new and everything was new. I didn't know the prayers in English. So I had to like go home and learn them because I felt so embarrassed to be there, not knowing the Our Father. Um, but I actually met my best friend, Victoria, in the entrance exam in fifth grade. And that summer we were inseparable. So we were actually able to like walk in together. So at least I knew one person when I got there. And from there, Everyone was super nice. I made friends. I stayed in St. Aug until senior year. Um, I mean, my lifelong friends are still from there. And I met my boyfriend in eighth grade. And we're still together. So that's been a while. After that, I mean, I went to UT. And now I'm here. Tell me about graduating as valedictorian. Did you always know you wanted to go to UT? Or how was like your journey from going to a private school in Laredo to UT Austin? When we got to high school in St. Aug, we became a class of about 80 some people. So it did get a little bit bigger. And I kind of always was just good at school. And once I knew like in high school, you had to like make good grades to get into a, a good college. I kind of like started applying myself a little bit more to school. And I mean, I was always striving to be valedictorian. It was always like one and one with another one of my like best guy friends. So it was a really friendly competition. Freshman year in St. Og, every Thursday, you get to wear your favorite college t-shirt. And I went to Pink at Victoria's Secret and bought the prettiest UT shirt and just like showed up to school the first Thursday in high school with my UT shirt. And since then, I was just like, yeah, Andrea's going to UT. Like it was just like, fact that I just like was going who like still super oblivious about actually getting into school as a freshman you just know like make good grades because they're going to go in your transcript but like aside from that I kind of always knew I was going to go into something had to do with math I just always loved math and I was like just good at it I guess it was something that is a given like there's no like it's like it's not like English that like you have your opinion it's like no like it's right or it's wrong and I just I like that. My dad is actually also a structural engineer. And when I was a child, he worked from home because his engineering firm, well, the engineering firm that he worked for was in McAllen, Texas. So he worked from home from when I was like about three to eight. And I actually thought he didn't work because he was at home. Like I would tell people like, yeah, my dad just like chills at home. 
I actually had like the tiny little helmet because when he would take me to side visits, part of like the insurance is that you have to be wearing a helmet when you're there. So even though I would stay in the car and just have like my own little concerts, like turn on all the mirrors towards me, blast like Talia and just like jamming inside the car by myself. But since then I kind of just, for, at first I thought I wanted to be an architect because I liked the drawing aspect and my creative side is pretty awake as well. But then I noticed that I, I like the math more. So I kind of went into engineering, always would kind of like ask my dad questions. And I loved that like he would walk into a building, look at a column and be like, hmm, that column. Like I had no idea, but he'd be like, and now I'm the same way. I'm passing through a bridge. I'm like, oh, look at that double TB. Like I'm probably the most annoying human to my friends. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of how I knew that I wanted to do it. That's such a fun, nerdy, fun fact. Like, I wouldn't even pay attention to a column, or I don't even know what a double beam is, (laughs) or whatever you just said, but that's so cool. Like, so you fell in love with engineering because of your dad. You're, You're at UT. What was the experience of, number one, being from a border town, number two, being a Latina, number three, being a woman in these engineering classrooms full of I assume are just mainly white men. Yeah, so definitely I went from being a big fish in a small pond to being a tiny fish in an ocean. Like I walk into my first chemistry class and there's 600 people and I don't know a single soul. And I was so overwhelmed. I just like sit down and kind of hope for the best. And they start talking about like what you should already know. And I was like, oh, I should already know stuff. And so I did feel a little underprepared. Maybe I just wasn't aware of the quality that I was going to receive, of the quality of education that I was about to receive. And I definitely had to like ask for help. I got a tutor. Definitely in my first semester, it was pretty overwhelming. In calculus, I was also definitely not prepared to take that kind of calculus. Engineers take a different level of calculus than like math majors. So it was already tougher and quicker than the normal calculus. And I was just not prepared for that. I actually had to tell my mom, like, during Christmas break, I need a tutor. I went Monday through Sunday, three hours a day, had homework, finally caught up and actually got an A in my second calculus. So like, that was like a very big accomplishment for me. And I feel like after the first year, you kind of like, are just in the same boat as everyone. You're all kind of lost. You're all kind of trying to get through it. Aside from the size of the classes, the academics, seeing that there, I was like the only, not the only woman, but one of the few women in my classes was shocking. Like I knew that this was a male dominated field and I feel like I have a very strong personality that could potentially take it, but I was not ready for the higher, the upper level classes. Like my labs and my group projects. Like I was most of the time the only woman in my groups. If I could give advice to other women in STEM at the moment or that are about to join STEM would be to definitely make guy friends and don't be awkward, ask for their numbers. Like they'll know you're not flirting. Like just ask for their numbers, make friends with guys, but also like empower the other women in your classes. Like most of the time you don't get to choose your actual lab partners. So because of the ratio of women to men, you know, being one or like one, the only woman in like a four person group. But the way I kind of dealt with that was choosing a neutral environment to like 
do my group projects and study like a place at school or at like my apartment amenities so that like I wasn't like at a guy's house and it kind of felt like weird maybe and just like kind of like ignore the guy talk ignore like I guess if you want to call it like the locker room talk don't like don't get discouraged if you're like interrupted because it'll happen like it'll happen at school and it'll happen in the workplace we're again in a male-dominated field and like I mean hopefully one day it'll change but at the moment it's still kind of inevitable that's crazy I have so many thoughts like can we touch on the fact that we come from a border town, which is a neglected community, just because of the lack of resources available to us? Can you talk about how that's a problem when people like like you, like me, students like us, go to this culture shock in, in Austin, not only of like the population, but also the academics and social aspect? Like, that's crazy. You had to get a tutor. You were doing top of your class in high school. And then for the first time, I assume it's like the first time in your life that you got a tutor. Yeah. So definitely, I was so used to being in this Laredo bubble. Everyone looked like me. Everyone sounds like me. I basically know, quote unquote, everyone in like your area. And I had never been like corrected for my English. I thought I had great English. And then until I said the word orange, and I was like, what and they're like you say it's so weird and I was like how do I say it like I was so like discouraged by that and I was like I'm never gonna say that word again what can I replace it with but um aside from that I feel like education wise we just don't get the same education that maybe more Central America does given that at our school it was so normal to speak English and Spanish like everyone spoke English and Spanish our teachers spoke English and Spanish and you could tell once you move that you're just not in your little bubble anymore and the culture is also very different here like like I said you just like know everyone and you move and you're no one like I would tell my mom like oh it's because like I don't know my professor is not answering my emails she's like go go talk to him I'm like mom he doesn't know who I am like he literally has I'm one of 600 students like he has no idea who I am so like I feel like that was definitely a shock if we can talk about like the socioeconomic differences, like thankfully I've always been fully supported by my parents financially from academics. And I was able to pay this tutor during a Christmas break and go to him, like, like I said, three hours a day, every single day. Another student who has moved to UT and was just not prepared academically would not have those resources to do this. So that definitely affects not having an equal academic standard for everywhere like in the U.S. because all, even though we all take the SATs and the ACTs and that should be like an equal standpoint like it's just not fair for everyone not everyone has the method to get a tutor. Yeah absolutely you're in a position to be able to excel and get your get, now you're in grad school now you're you have that path set for you and I think it's just you now helping other Latinas find their way up too. But um, going back to, to getting out of your Laredo bubble, can you tell me a little bit more about what like the other two years at UT looked like? Because I know you were graduated early. So tell me from freshman year to, to senior year, what, how, did that, how did your experience start changing after that initial shock? So my first year was definitely spent like a lot just like studying and that was like my main focus and I feel like I just I made like the couple of friends at school but would just like study all the time or just focus on maintaining my relationships with like my friends from high school 
And then after that, I kind of like started opening myself a little bit more to meeting new people. But like, I feel like in engineering, you kind of like stay in your same little engineering group of people because you guys are all going through the same, you have the same schedules, you have the same amount of homework. And I do wish I would have opened a little bit more to other people. I feel like I was so concentrated and like doing good at school. And for some reason, just like getting ahead. Like now that I think about it, I'm like, why were you trying to graduate so early? Like, what did you get out of it? And I feel like if I would have given myself, let's say, a 12-hour semester instead of a 16-hour semester every time, maybe I would have been able to see more things and meet more people. When I was able to open up a bit more was my internship in last summer, like, of 2019. And I was, for the first time ever, to, like, explore more of Austin, like, go places and actually live in Austin. I feel like for a long time, I just studied there and stayed in this tiny little radius of people and of like a place because I was so concentrated, like I had a goal and my goal was to finish and like that was kind of it. And now that I think about it, I wish I would have walked in within our perspective to like be more open and meet more people and maybe like take the workload a bit back, but have that experience of like that global experience of UT. So fast forward, so your spring 2019, you graduate. Tell me about what it was like landing your internship after graduation and like what the experience was like. So I found the company that I wanted to work for during our engineering expos and I sent my application online and I actually got a call back and then went to physically interview and the interviewer was actually Mexican. So I was, I felt kind of comfortable and felt that he would remember me after that. But I was still very nervous. There's a lot of people applying for the position and there was like four positions for the whole firm and there was only one for civil. So when I get the call back that I'm hired, I was in shock and so excited because I'd never been able to spend a summer in Austin. Um, so that was a huge thing for me. I was gonna have my quote unquote big, first big girl job. Um, even though it was an internship, I it was like 7.30 to 5.30 every day full workload. So I was very excited for this. But the first day I walk in, I realized I'm the only woman on my team. So we're a team of seven. And I was like the intern for those six people, right? And I felt a little bit nervous just because I didn't realize that this was going to happen. Um, all the, It was a very open concept. So we could see there was five other teams in the firm. And there was another woman inter um, intern so that was a good thing so we became really good friends but she was on the other side of the office I would have to walk across the office to even see her to have lunch with her I had to like send her a google chat like hey are you free because like I didn't know anyone right and that was definitely a taste of the male dominated field we would have these team lunches because the company was great like it was very open to making friendships we would have like happy hours and we went um to like events and stuff like that but I was the only woman on my team so we would go to these lunches and I don't know what to talk about they talked about their lawnmowers and wrestling and football and I was like what do I add to this conversation what do I say and the youngest person in the team would kind of like be nicer to me and he'd be like so how was this because he would notice like I was the I couldn't add to those conversations. They would talk about their babies or things like that. Like, I just couldn't add to this. And I do think that I was kind of like given a lower workload 
because they, I don't know if they just didn't think that I could achieve what they were giving me at the moment. Like I was always kind of like looking for something to do. I was like, so I'm done. Like what else can I do? And I, I did feel a little underestimated by them. And in engineering, we have these like huge 24 inch by 36 inch papers that become really big rolls. And as an intern, I had to go turn them into the city. And a lot of times I'd be like, oh, like, can you carry it? And I would just be like, like, yes, thank you. Like, thank you for being concerned, but also like, would you ask that to a male intern? So that was definitely an eye-opening experience to the engineering field, but I still wouldn't change it because I feel that even though I'm a woman and a Latina, like, we need to change the standard for ourselves and like show people that you can do it equally as good or even better. So it, it definitely challenged me, but it pushed me to be better. After being having that experience, did you feel maybe discouraged, but were you like, is engineering still for me? I don't think it discouraged me. It just opened my eyes even more. I was so used to it from school. Like, like I said, being the only girl in my labs, and being one of the few in every class, especially when we got to upper level classes that we were only like 20 people in the class. That's when you started noticing more that, especially into structural and architectural engineering, which you kind of like branch off, there's more women. And when you get to structural, it kind of like becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. So it didn't discourage me. I kind of felt like even more challenged, like, oh, I'm doing this, like, and I'm doing it better now like empowered. Wow. That's, yeah. I'm glad because like you said, we need women like us who look like us in these positions. And if we don't do it, nothing's going to change. Tell me about what happened after the internship. Like I know you are now in grad school. What was that experience like applying? And is that how an engineering path is? Like you have to go to grad school or is it kind of, it's not necessarily required? So civil is a very broad major. It has several branches and each branch kind of requires different things. As a structural engineer, it is very much encouraged to go to grad school, but in a couple of years, you'll need to have a master's to be able to get your professional engineering um, stamp. So as of now, you don't need it. But my dad, who graduated like in 1995, didn't have a master's, but he's like, I learned by reading more books and messing up and just reading more books. He's like, I just much rather you have a master's and kind of like have that foundation because as a civil engineer, you take all your basics for engineering and then you just take like three or four classes for the actual branch you want to go to. So, and your master's, you just go much more into detail on this. As an engineer, most people's goal is to eventually get their own seal. So you have to pass a first exam that's called Fundamentals of Engineering, which is called your FE. And then you can now take your professional engineering exam at any point, but you have to wait four years to then eventually like get approved for your seal. Once you have a seal, you can like sign your own projects. Wow. Okay. I'm learning so much from this. I feel like I don't have any engineering friends. I have a lot of pre-med and like doctor driven student friends but I think you're the first conversation that I have about engineering actually every time people say engineering I'm like I don't even know what that is like (laughs) which is which is like 
it's just it's fine like we're we're obviously like in different um professions Mm -hmm. but that's that's I think that's so cool I think I need to do more homework so when when where did you start applying was it once you graduated or was it before um or what was that timing like so I actually was gonna work one year under my dad just kind of to get the sense of the structure of engineering in the real world and so I moved back home and I started applying like January of 2020. I studied for my GRE. I sent in all my applications. And by like March, I had been accepted. So I was super excited. My original plan was going to go to SMU in Dallas. And I was very excited because my roommate from college, Leslie, would, um, just had just graduated from SMU and was going to live in Dallas as well. So I was like, this plans out perfectly, like we'll live together, I'll do my master's and show work, and we'll have fun just like we did in undergrad. And then the pandemic hit. So I was very overwhelmed that summer trying to figure out like, do I still go to SMU? I also applied to UTSA. So I was like, do I still go to SMU, even though things were most likely be online? Or do I go to UTSA, which is a much closer place to home? And I can go and come back if need be. Because at first, schools were kind of telling you, only labs are going to be in person. So I was like, okay, if I have a a lab once a week, I could easily make the drive to San Antonio. I can't make the drive to Dallas. And at this point, I didn't have an apartment. So it was kind of like pointless for me to move somewhere where I was going to be online the whole time. Um, So I'm actually at UTSA at the moment because I kind of didn't plan out how I thought it would. Okay, and so now you're at home, and like you said, the pandemic hit, you're juggling grad school, how how did you also start a business, Andrea? Like, that is just <laughs> crazy, like, that's a lot of work. Tell me if I'm pronouncing it right, artnetic? Artnetic? I say artnetic, like oh. artnetic. <laughs> okay, I was so off. <laughs> artnetic, okay, <laughs> I was so off, but um you know, you did mention you have creative, a creative, uh, like really strong creative muscles as well. Is that what was pulling you to do this like side project, side passion project that turned into a business? Yes. So I danced for like 15 years of my life and that was like my creative output. And I would go Monday through Saturday and it was just fun for me. I loved it. Movement. Like it just let out that other side. Like you said, like I use that creative muscle and once I started school, that kind of like went away a little bit. And now that I have like kind of a little bit more free time, because once I was out of the office, like it was my the whole day to myself, I kind of was looking for that. But it actually came to be because I ordered all the materials to make some keychains for my best friends for Valentine's Day. So I ordered the molds and I ordered the resin, not knowing how to use it at all. And I kind of just made them for my friends and posted them on social media. And some people were like, oh, I would like one. How much are they? I was like, um, let me check. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't know how much the price point would be. I just made it for my friends. So after that, I'm in my house one night with my two best friends. And I'm just like literally putting on Google uh, art, unique, creative, like trying to come up with a name for this business. And that's how kind of like Arnetic came to be. So I made its own Instagram page. And it kind of really got a good following pretty quickly. Like I sent it to a few local influencers and they posted it on their page. And I've had a lot of local support from Laredo. Um, I've been part of a lot of birthdays, a lot of anniversaries, Mother's Day and Father's Day. 
and with the there's a big like you do a car parade I don't know if you've heard of them okay yeah so Laredo's really big on those at the moment so I do a lot of like little gifts for them and it just like allowed me to be creative in that way and just continue like continue to look for like more glitter and more flowers and more molds and more ways to just like do these things yeah I remember so it was the pandemic that when it started right is that when you started or what what was the timing well I started right before Valentine's Day oh okay so, so it was before the pandemic so before the pandemic I was actually like I would come home from work and they would have to like mold some and I would stay awake until like two because you take a while and they take a while to dry and then the next day would like wake up and then like have to go make sure that they were molded right. So at, the, at first I was like working and doing this. And then when the pandemic hit, I kind of just had more time to dedicate more, more time to this project and expand it more and buy different molds and more things to include in the, in the shop. Yeah, I remember... I remember finding your Instagram page and I was like, this is so cute because you do everything. You do keychains, cups, like trays. I'm sure I'm missing so many more things, but it really took off for you. And like, you're, you're right. Maybe the, I mean, I hate to say it, like the pandemic was the time for you to like have the time to flourish your business. And so you're an entrepreneur, grad student, engineer, damn, like, <laughs> I, I I wish I was I, I knew how to juggle all of that. How do you find the the time to like juggle all of this? I live on to do lists. I like those are my favorite thing in the world. And pretty much like on Sundays, I try to schedule up my week and see what lectures I have to watch. And then when my homework is due, and kind of like I've limited the amount of orders I take per week. Or I just tell people, like, it'll take longer for it to get to you. Before, if you ordered today, I could have it in two days because that's all I was doing all day long. So right now, I'm like, maybe it'll be a week. And just kind of, like, schedule myself out. I always try to be done by, like, 6 p.m. to also kind of, like, have a life afterwards. Because at first, I didn't have a schedule during, like, the middle of the pandemic. I would go to sleep so late because I was molding stuff. Then I would wake up late and then kind of just like things continue to be like this. So I've definitely had to be very strict with myself on time and just like dedicate certain days to certain things. And my friends and my boyfriend just have to deal with me. They come to my house and my parents are very nice and turned my guest room or our guest room into kind of like a studio for me. So I now have a desk in there and I do all my arnetic stuff. And I have like a little pull-out couch and my friends literally chill and watch movies while I'm working. <laughs> They'll just come and watch literally Finding Nemo while I am molding some stuff next to them. Oh, what supportive friends. Like they just want to be in your company while you work. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> That's so good. So I want to hear about your short-term goals, long-term goals as an engineer, as an entrepreneur. I think when I messaged you earlier this year, you were trying to figure out how you were gonna keep Artnetic active while also being in school. But a few years from now, like, do you think you're gonna have time to juggle both? Or what are your like aspirations? I think Artnetic will continue to be kind of like a side hustle for a while. Definitely until I guess I get like a real full-time job as an engineer, I'll probably won't be able to handle it anymore. And most likely pass it on to one of my little cousins and like just teach him how to do them because I do have like 
at this point, a hundred molds and like it would suck for me like to throw them away. But yeah, so my short-term goals at this very moment would definitely be finishing my master's and passing that PE exam that I told about. So I need to study for that. And I guess my long-term would be to like actually be a professional engineer and seal my own projects and sign for them. And what about in your personal life? Like, do you see yourself in, as an engineer in Texas or out of state or in Laredo? Like, how do you, how do you see your future self? Yes, so in engineering, you have to get a seal for every state. So if I get a Texas state, I would most definitely stay in Texas. You can, you can take the test for the rest of the states, but that would definitely be something to think about. As of now, I do think for a while I would work under my dad just to kind of see how things are. I feel he would, he will be, I feel like he won't push me aside when it comes to getting work done. Like, I feel maybe if you go into a big firm, you really kind of don't know anything and they kind of just give you the, like the work that they kind of need to get out of their plate. And when I worked for my dad, even this, this past year, he was very impressed that I knew things. He was like, oh, wow, you actually know how to do this. I was like, yes, you sent me to school to do this. Um, so, yeah, I do think for the next couple of years, while I get my seal, I would work with my dad. Um, you also have to be under a professional engineer. Then they have to send, like, kind of like a recommendation letter for you. So I would, if I moved to another firm, I would have to make sure that a professional engineer would take the time an effort to like eventually recommend me to like the board that sounds like a really solid plan like I'm I love how it's just like it to me it sounds like you just have your whole life planned out like Sunday through Sunday through Monday wait not Sunday Monday through Sunday and like for the next few years even like you know what it's gonna look like which is honestly the best I think like that's like the best execution plan ever because plans are what make people successful. So I'm so excited to see you flourish as an engineer, to keep learning from you on like social media. I hope we keep in touch more often too. But do you have any last words? I was actually I had a bold ambition. Oh <laughs> yeah I, but a bold move. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like I said, I'm a huge podcast consumer. Like I wait every single day for the next next podcast to come out because I'm caught up on every single one that I listen to. So I kind of had listened to your past ones and had kind of thought about one. And I'm kind of very excited to share it because I've only told like my close friends, I guess. Um, so my bold ambition for like, I guess this month that we can call it that was a switch to intuitive eating, um, which is kind of like the rejecting of diet mentality, um, to feel your fullness, to respect your body and to focus more on moving your body than the actual calorie burning. I'm really excited to keep going through the, I hate the word journey, but I guess journey. And yeah, just focusing my energy into my studies and relationships and hobbies instead of like how many calories go in and out. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I also like come from a huge diet culture background. Like I was always like on the next diet, but an approach to health, I really recommend that you read about like holistic health and seeing health as like a whole in a holistic approach like seeing food as nutrition not as like a 
a bad or good thing. It, it really is just what your body needs. And holistic health is an approach of like the mind, body, spirit, soul, physical, emotional, mental. So I really recommend that you look that you look up that as well. I think there's like a few books and just some influencers that I also follow that are like into holistic health. So that's awesome for you. Yeah, it's definitely something that I guess we have to be conscious about because like you said, we're so ingrained into this diet culture and social media just shows us the perfect, like how they say, like the reality and the social media, the social media side. So definitely because now kids have social media like so young and they don't know that they're, what they're seeing isn't real. Like we probably had social media like at the end of middle school, I guess yeah. you were 14, 15, and you kind of knew what was going on. Like kids nowadays have social media at nine, eight years old. And I do feel like we need to teach them or just tell them that their physical beauty isn't all their value, that they're smart and brave and powerful and unique, and that that's what they should also see in themselves. Absolutely. I actually have an upcoming episode with my friend, Noelle, and we talk about eating disorders as well. So that's probably just another topic that we need to be pushing out, not just bold, ambitious women, but healthy, confident women as well. So thank you for your bold move. I should have asked you. Yeah, I feel like (laughs) I always forget to ask my guests. Where can we find you? Where can we find Artnetic? So my Instagram is andreadeanda23. (laughs) And Artnetic is just Artnetic on Instagram is A-R-T-N-E-T-I-Q. Yes. And everyone go check out her, her company, her brand, Artnetic. It's just, you'll find the cutest little home accessories. One of the trays that you made me, I use it for my perfumes. Another one's on my desk. So I think it just adds a lot of, like a pop of color. Yes. And I love making them for everyone, especially for people that I know. And I just get to like give them a little piece of my creativity time at home. Yeah. Like a personalization that you have. Yeah. That's cute.